Gather round. It's time to pick the draft order. So, this is how we're going to do it. I spent a lot of time, put a lot of effort into it, got very excited. So, that'll go over there. This Everyone is your... on the count of three, put your hand in, pull out a piece of paper. Here we go. One, two, three. Oh, oh, wow. There it this is. This is really exciting. Number oh, four. Number six. Number one. Number one. <laughs> Tim Brady, mother Congratulations. <laughs> but that is not where you're going to be drafting. See the kids over there? The kid with your number is your kid. Where they finish in the race is where you draft. Huh, bitches? You, you didn't even pick your own child. That's good because she's not that fast. Welcome to DFT, Dynasty Football Talk Podcast with my guys, Paul Edgington and Derek Cook. Let's get it. Welcome in. I'm your host, Paul Edgington, joined by my co-host, Derek Cook. Derek, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. We had some heavily seasoned spicy grilled chicken for dinner and some some shrimp. Can't complain. Pretty exquisite dinner. I don't think we're going to be able to watch much of the, the Monday night game, or not all of it anyway, like normally, but I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing all right for a Monday Definitely had a delicious dinner this evening, really spicy. I told you to watch out for that Mike's Hot Honey. You just kept layering that shit on there like, oh, this ain't going to be hot. This, I need more. I told you it'd be a little spicy. Yeah, and then that, uh, what's the other one? The the, sh- the shit seasoning? The shit seasoning from the Big Cock Company. And then the Mike's Hot Honey. It was excellent, but it, I'm going to be feeling it later. I tell you what, man. That asshole's going to be burning. Oh, I believe it. Well, this will be our Debbie episode for this week. Derek, what did you think of college football this past weekend overall? What did you think of the games? I mean, my Buckeyes won. I didn't didn't watch a whole hell of a lot on Saturday. I've done a little bit of film review since then. Um, to me, it was kind of a, I hate to say boring, but kind of just a boring Saturday of, you know, college football. Um <clears throat> the, to me, the most exciting Devi game um, was it uh, Kentucky and Ole Miss. It went down to the wire, but it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was necessarily a, a fun game to watch. But other than that, it was it was okay. Um, Georgia almost losing was fun. It has nothing to do with Devi, but that was probably the most exciting game to me. Yeah, I watched the uh, Ole Miss-Kentucky game back again today, and Ole Miss hit the go at field goal with a little under seven minutes left in the third. So for about 22 minutes, 21 minutes of football, there was no scoring between two pretty highly regarded Debbie quarterbacks and Will Levis and Jackson Dart. So that was really disappointing to see. I was hoping for more of a shootout, especially coming down the stretch. That's what I was hoping for, and then some very untimely turnovers, you know, completely killed Kentucky. It sucks. And the most exciting game of the weekend for me, again, nothing to do with Debbie, was probably Kansas' victory over Iowa State. That was pretty exciting to see. Kansas 5-0. and I love watching their quarterback, Jalen Daniels, play. He's really electric. Don't think he has too much of a Debbie future in the NFL, but as a college player, he is one hell of a player. Yeah, I didn't watch a whole hell of a lot of that game, exactly like you said. I mean, not much Debbie going on there at all. But that kid missing the field goal at the end, man. It was a good game to watch being a college football fan. Hopefully they'll get it right in the polls this week in Kansas or at least crack the top 25 being 5-0. and They haven't. I don't think they've ever been 5-0. and I don't think so either. If if they have it, this was like the second time. 
in a yeah. long time. They haven't beaten any ranked teams or anything like that, but I think four out of their five wins are against Power 5 teams, so Just that should count for something. got to say something. And the other, the other team they beat was Houston, who's been good in recent past, so they haven't had any slouches so far. It would be nice to see them ranked. Now, Houston's a pretty good group of five win. But circling back to that Ole Miss-Kentucky game we spoke a little bit about, I wasn't too impressed with Will Levis. He had a good, solid game. But again, I thought he would go out there and I honestly thought he would light Ole Miss's defense on fire. and Just had a nice, solid game for him. Didn't really raise anything, didn't lower anything, but he did perform well. Yeah, he kind of just, <clears throat> to me, just, you know, maintained. Um, kind of repeating the same thing you said. He he didn't kill it, but he didn't go out there and put up a goose egg like we've seen other SEC quarterbacks do, you know, Anthony Richardson. But he just maintained. I was, uh, I think Jackson Dart had a better game in my opinion. I agree with that. Maybe stat line-wise, I think Levis had better stats than him. But just watching the game, I think Dart really played better than him. I would say he outplayed Will Levis for the most part. Yeah, stat-wise, Levis definitely won. He he had a better box score for sure. But I was honestly more impressed with Quinshawn Judkins. I know that he's you know behind Zach Evans, but he shined. I mean, he got more work, more yards, more efficient, scored the touchdown. Zach Evans kind of laid a dud, and Judkins went out there and did the damn thing. I was honestly impressed with the, the way he was running the ball. Yeah, right now he's probably my RB2 for the freshman class, right behind Nicholas Nick. Singleton and Penn State. But they're really the only two freshmen that have stood out this far, so far this season from the running back position. But Judkins had himself a hell of a game. And, you know, being behind Zach Evans is really a figurative, figurative term here. Evans is the starter, but on the season, Judkins has outperformed him in pretty much every area on the ground. Not by a wide margin, but he has had some better stats than Zach Evans. And like you said, Evans dropped a dud. I believe he had like 24 yards and a touchdown, and that's about all he did. I don't even think he had double-digit touches this week. Yeah, it looks like he had eight attempts for 40 yards. Looks like no touchdowns. No, I thought he had one. I guess I'm mistaken. Yeah, I figured in a high-profile matchup like this, Zach Evans would shine through and get a lot more work than the freshman, but apparently Judkins just, Lane Kiffin, rode the hot hand, and it worked out for him. I do stand corrected. I was looking at the box score, and he's down there. I was looking at Jackson Dart. Evans had nine carries, 24 yards, and a touchdown. You were right. I just wasn't expecting him to be on line five. Yeah, he had less than three yards per carry and, and didn't hit single-digit rushes or double-digit rushes. So it's unfortunate for him, but, again, I don't think it does anything for his stock. Just so happens he didn't have the hot hand, and that's what they needed this week was the hot hand to get the W. I think that's going to be their M.O. all season is whoever's the hot hand that week's going to get most of the work. Obviously, Judkins was way more efficient starting off, and they just rode that hot hand that game. Yeah, unfortunately for Evans, that could be the case sometimes. He's just a really solid running back. I don't think he does one thing extremely well, but all around he's a very solid running back. And for the 23 class, right now he's probably my RB3 behind, of course, Bijan and Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, he's your RB3. I do, I 
got him ahead of Sean Tucker. I'm still not 100% sold on him being an NFL running back that I really want on my fantasy team. And then Tank Bigsby is my RB4 currently. So that's, yeah, that's Tank, where I'm at. Tank Bigsby's fallen in mine as well. And Jameer Gibbs, I mean, we'll talk about him a little bit later, but I think he's he's got something cooking down there. He does. They're finally getting figured out with him. But uh, back to the Kentucky side of the ball, freshman wide receiver Barry Brown really showed up this week. He only had two catches for 81 yards, but he had almost 250 all-purpose yards. He had two long kick returns. Really went out there, showed off his explosiveness and his speed. And a little bit of wiggle that he has in his game. He's going to be a big future playmaker for Kentucky down the line. I mean, like you say, he had two catches for 80 yards. I mean, that just screams explosiveness if you're looking at the box score. Would have been nice to see Will Levis hit him for a touchdown. But I think that his future is definitely bright. Um, You know, in all the leagues we're in, we get kick return yards and stuff. So he's definitely a key. He could be a key fantasy piece if he remains that going forward. Yeah, I really liked what I saw from him. I was kind of high on him coming into his freshman year. I thought he would be more involved in the offense with Wando Robinson going to the NFL. But they got a few other playmakers that are ahead of him right now. But this week definitely put him on the puts him on the map, especially in a Debbie sense. I think a lot of people are just now getting a taste of him and what he can really do with the ball in his hands. Yeah, I was kind of hoping he would slide right into that Wando Robinson role, but I think this is the first kind of taste we've seen of him really be explosive. So I'm excited to see what he does going forward. Maybe he'll get – I'd like to see him get the ball more. I would as well. Jackson Dart, in the 24 class, where do you have him in your rankings? How high are, How high on him are you currently? Well, right now, currently um, – uh, not very high. Probably, I don't know. Let me look it up. Absolutely. That's what needs to be done live on the show. Let's go for it. I have him as my QB6 in the 24 class behind uh, Caleb Williams, Quinn Ewers, JJ, Kyle McCord, and Shadur Sanders. And I have him right above Drake May. Personally, I'm not a Drake May fan just yet. My mind can be changed just like it was with Jordan Addison, but I'm not sold on him yet. Wow, some Drake May slander. I haven't seen much of that so far in the community. I'm a little bit shocked by that. I'm going to have a hot take somewhere here and there. Yeah, a hot bag of shit hot take it sounds like. My goodness. I've been seeing quite a few people think that he's not too far behind Caleb Williams for QB1. That's so. Uh, you think he's a, you like? Do you like him above Quinn Ewers? I do not know. Like he would above probably JJ? be my. It'd be between him and JJ for QB three and four. I think right now, probably neck and neck. But no, I don't think he's close to to me, to Quinn or Caleb Williams. So those are your bona fide QB ones and two in this class. Yeah, I don't think um, those Caleb Williams for sure. I don't see going anywhere. And then with Ewers, I don't think he's going anywhere either, unless. One of them, you know, J.J., Drake May, Jackson Dart, just set the league on fire the rest of the season. I don't see the top two changing whatsoever. Well, I see some film breakdown coming in my future then with Drake May. I'm not, personally, I'm just not sold on him. But I'll do some more uh, 
more video review and see see if I can change my mind. Wouldn't wouldn't bet on it, but I don't think that'd be helpful for you because I think you're overlooking him just just a smidge. No. QB seven. Ooh, man, that is horrendous. That's just borderline disrespectful for what the maid's done so far. But on to the next topic. The NC State Wolfpack against the Clemson Tigers and DJU. Since you brought on one hot take, I have moved DJU up to my QB3 for the 23 class, actually, in this league. All the way up to QB3. Yeah, right ahead of Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. I think he still has the talent. It's still there. He's played pretty well this season. I don't think all the hate that he's gotten for at least this season has been warranted by any means. He's had good stats. He's looked good on the field. He has been progressing and improving since the start of the season in my eyes. And his team is still winning. And they're beating tough opponents along the way. And this past week, he had another really good game to me. Pulled out another tough W. I just like his game all around. He's like a Josh Allen type to me. He can get you those hard-earned yards. Going right up the middle and running through somebody like he did against NC State a couple of times. And he scored that touchdown, too, on that one, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah. Still has a big, powerful, lively arm. I think he goes through his progressions somewhat well most of the time. I think that's probably the biggest thing for him to work on is going through his reads and not putting the ball in harm's way. But he is my QB3 as of right now. I think he's climbed back up there for me, back in the prominence of being a top quarterback in this class. Yeah, to be honest, um, he's my QB3 or 4. I would maybe throw Hendon Hooker up there. Hendon Hooker, really? Hendon Hooker. 24, I think going on 25-year-old, really. Nice. Love Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker is what Anthony Richardson wishes he could be. I think so. yes, yes. If and I we could switch them, Anthony Richardson will be possibly QB one. Oh, without a doubt, I think so. I think Hendon Hooker's, like you said, his biggest knock is just his age. But um, yeah, the I think the hate from last year is carried over into this year for DJU, and I don't think that's fair because he's played. I mean. I remember when he came in and was behind Trevor Lawrence. I remember uh, Dabo coming out and saying that DJU is the first quarterback he's ever seen make Trevor Lawrence look human, as in bring Trevor Lawrence. You know, other guys can do the same shit Trevor Lawrence was doing. Um, I I, re- I like DJU. I was on the hate path last year with them because the team overall stunk for their standards. I mean, stunk in general, really. But um, no, he's he's done good this year. Um, Kind of piggybacking off you said, I wish that he wouldn't force the ball in some of the tight windows that he is, but he's got a, a more lively arm. I think a, a very underrated arm. He's six five, two forty, another big boy, and showed that he can. He's not just going to scamper and run out of bounds, but he's going to run you over. I mean, he scored that touchdown running over I think two or three guys in the NC State game. I like him. He's QB three or four for me. He's got the body to do that, you know, so might as well use it. Like I said, just like Josh Allen in the league. Got the big body, might as well use it to your advantage and get some yards on the ground. I think this past week he had 70 yards on the ground. Yeah, I don't. he was their second leading rusher behind Shipley, I believe. But, yeah, he, he I mean, he did major damage on the ground. And uh, Josh Allen as a comp is spot on to me. Uh, I think he's well ahead of what Josh Allen was at Wyoming, though. Oh, absolutely. Way ahead of 
comparing college prospects way ahead of Josh Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen didn't progress until he made it to the league, really. But, yeah, yeah. I really like DJU. I'm, I think I'm back on the wagon. I'm back on the wagon. I think that's exactly where I'm staying for this season and for the future as well. Hopefully I'll be right and get the victory lap that somewhere. A few years down the line with DJU being a prominent player on your fantasy teams. But interesting, we was looking through his stats the other day. The lowest rush yards he's had in a game, other than 19, is 36. So he does have that very high rushing floor. And you got to remember with college, too, the sack yardage is minus the weight for the rushing yardage. So I'm not sure how many times he's been sacked and how many yards. But imagine the NFL where the sack yardage does not come from your rushing. How many more rushing yards he would have this season? Yeah, just looking at the same stats you are, he's got three rushing touchdowns on the season. It looks like 11 passing touchdowns and only one interception. Um, being very efficient, not turning the ball over. And, I mean, like I said earlier, I think Josh Allen is a great comp for him. And I'm on the same wagon, and if he continues this, I have no reason to get off. He's also top 40 in the nation in passing yards and top 25 in QB rating as well. So all around, he's having one hell of a season statistically-wise. And on the field watching him, I think he's playing very well. Yeah, I think he's just a year late. We were expecting this last year, but I'm glad to see he's back on track. Yeah, I mean, when you come in your very first game, you beat Notre Dame on the road, I believe. Expectations just fly through the roof, and you just got to ride that, and hopefully you don't fall off the cliff like a lot of people thought he did. Yeah, when you lose a guy like Trevor Lawrence, though, it's you know it's kind of hard to tamper expectations because you know Trevor Lawrence was like the golden boy of Clemson, you know, quarterback. You know, he was the highest rated quarterback of his class, and I think of all time for Clemson. Um, so DJU coming in, I think they just need to you know, like I said, temper expectations a little bit. But I'm Glad to see he's back doing, or finally doing what we hope he would do last year. And I think that his ceiling is still QB2. I don't think um, CJ Stroud is going to be taking over that QB1 spot for me. No Buckeye bias in there at all? Or no, CJ Stroud's a dog, man. I don't. He didn't look too like, hot this past week. I think Bryce Young is good, but I don't think he's an NFL. I don't think he has quite the ceiling as CJ Stroud. I don't think he does either, but C.J. Stroud didn't look too hot this past week. No, he forced a lot of balls against Rutgers. He did. His falls are definitely showing more this season than last season, I feel. I feel like it's every other game, good game, bad game. No, he's, um, I think, kind of going on a tangent with C.J. Stroud, his arm talent, I think, hazes his decision-making because um, he's got a hell of an arm. Very, that very, syndrome. Yes, he's a gunslinger, but I don't think quite as elite as like a Brett Favre, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen type. But yeah, he's his his biggest problem, which is kind of the same thing Trevor Lawrence had problems with his his decision making. But I can see that Mayan Williams having the day he did. I I can't be mad. What do you think of Mayan Williams as a pro prospect currently? I like him. You know, um, <clears throat> I think. This past offseason, he uh, dropped like 20 pounds. I think he came in, or, yeah, because he missed a little bit of time, but he came in at like 5'10", 240, and I think he's down to 220 now, which is still a hefty boy, still a meatball. But we're finally, we're kind of seeing the the payout for somebody who 
you know, goes through a couple years of um, strength conditioning training. He seems like he's got a, a different gear than what he did his freshman year. Granted, he's not necessarily – he's not Travion Henderson fast. There's not a whole hell of a lot of running backs out there that are. But, no, I like I like Mayan Williams. I think he's he's definitely raising his stock without a doubt. Um, you know, you go out there and rush for 200 yards and a couple – or close to 200 yards and two touchdowns, it's – it's hard not to see that. Yeah, he's really taken away some carries from Travion Henderson as well and some work in the passing game. I think the passing game is what's more surprising to me. Yeah, who knew Mike Williams could be such a weapon catching the ball? And for a, a bigger back, a, a heftier back, he's really showing some wiggle. Um, I'm really, I'm just, I'm loving everything I'm seeing out of Mike Williams. Uh, granted, outside of Notre Dame, they haven't really played a, a tough defense yet, so he could come back down to reality, but he's hitting the holes. He's letting his blocks progress ahead of him, and he's, I mean, I've loved him all year. He, I keep saying it. He he just keeps them legs churning, man. It's like churning butter. Yeah, he's really, I believe he's, his draft stock has risen since the beginning of the season. I don't think he was really on anybody's radar whatsoever, especially Debbie. Yeah. NFL-wise, I don't think he would have been, Drafted, if you ask me, before the season, I think he's at worst a day three pick, slowly but yet quickly at the same time climbing up to possibly that day two range, maybe back in around three. We've seen crazier things happen with running backs. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, he's head and shoulders above Master Teague at this rate. Master Teague was. I mean, I had high hopes for him behind J.K. Dobbins, but he was just a bull in a china shop, and I kind of thought. Mayan coming in, that's what he would be. But the way he's run the ball this year, he's showing that he's not just to run between the tackles and just fall forward four yards, fall forward four. You know what I mean? He can, he can do a lot more than what I think most people are giving him credit for. Credit for. He's I, a lot I, more dynamic than most what people he, would realize. And then what his body type is, um, being like, like I said, five ten, two twenty. You don't think that he can do some of the shit he's doing? I'm impressed. I he's definitely on my draft board. Yeah, he's impressed me as well, and hopefully he'll keep it up. And or Travion Henderson might just click it up to that extra gear we all know he has, and slowly start taking back some of that work that was his. He could. I know he was out this last week. No reason to play against Rutgers, but it's a great problem to have if you're OSU. I, I I'm loving what I'm seeing out of Mayan Williams, and we know what what Travion was last year and what he can still do. I'm just excited to see how they both both progress, kind of splitting that backfield more, you know, like 60-40 compared to what it was last year. Yeah, I think that's more Ryan Day's speed instead of just pounding Travion Henderson over and over again. Just use two backs, use them to the best of their ability, and share the workload. And they're always fresh. We're down a defense. Yeah, can't beat that. No, it's, that's it's what I always love about Michigan, just rotating them in, keeping them fresh behind that big, beefy line, and doing what you can. And everybody says a change of pace back, but it, the, between them two, I mean, it works perfectly. I, I, it's a great scheme, and I'm excited to see where it goes. And on to a more highly regarded running back in the 23 class, our running back two, Jameer Gibbs. He really had a hell of a workload this past week for Alabama. Did very well in that role and showed he can handle being worked to death, not just a PPR running back. So I was really impressed with him this week. I didn't think he could really do much more to rise his stock for me. But seeing him in that work workhorse role 
really prove that he is a true all-around back and he can do whatever you need him to do given the situation. Yeah, I think that they relied on him a little bit more than what they were wanting to with Bryce Young going out. But, I mean, we all saw the long run for the touchdown. But, you know, he was... You're going up against Arkansas, who's a ranked SEC opponent, a pretty good defense, and he went off 18 carries, 206 yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, he his... I thought that his draft stock, or Debbie-wise, was about topped out because, to me, he was like a James Cook-esque, you know, PPR machine type guy. But he's showing that he can also, kind of like we were just talking about Mayan Williams, he can do, he's a lot more than just the PPR back that he was coming into this season. His stock for me is definitely, I mean, RB2 now, but he's, I think he's he's having a hell of a year, and I'm excited for him as well. You're on the clock at 103. Bijan and Stroud are gone. Are you taking Jameer Gibbs over? Bryce Young, another quarterback possibly, DJU, Will Levis, or over the wide receivers? Are you taking Jameer Gibbs at 103, locked and loaded as of right now? We always play super flex, so it's hard to shy away from Bryce Young. Um, I, I always say it, but it depends on my team makeup, man. If I've got, like, say I have... Joe Burrow and Trey Lance, and now I'm probably going to go Jameer Gibbs. It just depends on your team makeup, but in a vacuum, I would probably go Bryce Young. More value to me. Yeah, always got to go with the BPA. Yeah. But not me. I'm taking Jameer Gibbs right now. Really? Team makeup or not, I think he's... The gap between him and Bijan is slowly closing in my eyes. Bijan, I don't think... Jameer is going to overtake him as the number one RB in this class or the 101. But I think by the time rookie drafts come around, that gap isn't going to be as big as it is now or as people may foresee it to be. So he's trending up a lot high, a lot more high for you than he is for me. A lot more higher, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, I love him. I love that what he's doing this year, and I'm, I'm glad that Alabama is showcasing his ability to do more than just catch the ball to the backfield. I mean, that Bama's a revolving door of NFL draft picks. so um, Which is exactly why he left Georgia Tech, was to get one year showcase in for the NFL, get drafted highly, and so far it's paying off for the kid. It's certainly working for him. Um, I think there's an argument to be made between, like you say, at 103 between um, Bryce Young and him, but I don't really think you can go wrong with either. No, probably not. Like he said, Bryce Young, you got the value pick, you can always trade that young rookie quarterback for a haul most of the time or trade back one pick or two you know yeah if you're pick him up 103 and the guy at 104 you know needs a quarterback maybe you can get something going get a little extra something and still get jameer gibbs um i mean that's always a risk but i i can see jim i mean it's it's not a bad pick jameer gibbs at 103 either no you either get that young quarterback or get a locked and loaded running back that looks like he could be a stud for fantasy and do I, everything you want. I think his upside is far higher than James Cook this year, personally. Absolutely, yeah. That's was my exact comp to him before this season was a James Cook type of PPR pass catching back, not going to do much for you on the ground. But that's definitely changed changed now. Yeah, I'm in the exact same boat. That's why I've I've said it. But yeah, I I, I I'm loving it, man. It's nice to see 
Bama putting some of these guys out there so they're like you say their draft stock can rise and we can make uh what's the word I'm looking for? Degenerate decisions. There you go, it's a nice one. To to get these guys. Now on to looking forward to this upcoming weekend. Our game of the week personally, USC versus Washington State. This will be a hell of a shootout. Fireworks are gonna be everywhere. Caleb Williams, my overall Debbie quarterback one, versus my guy, Cameron Ward, who I still have very, very much belief in and being an NFL quarterback. I cannot wait to see these two go head-to-head. Yeah, I'm creaming my pants over this game. Uh, Cameron Ward against Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison. We've shared our love for our newly acquainted love for Jordan Addison here recently, and we've both kind of been on the Caleb Williams bandwagon for a little while. I jumped off for a second, got back on it, but this is definitely the game I'm looking forward to most this weekend. Yeah, this should be a really fun game, a Pac-12 game, not a Pac-12 after dark. 7.30 p.m. Eastern yeah, time. We're not fucked with that 10.30 Eastern time That's USC it. game. You won't I'm need excited. a monster or a cup of coffee to stay up for this one. Yes, I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait to see what Cameron Ward does against a, a stout USC defense. I just I hope he, really hope he plays well, and I think he will against this USC defense. And I can't wait to see the community's response if he goes out there and puts up similar numbers to Caleb Williams or gives USC a hell of a game or... Hell, even outplays Caleb and comes out on top of the W. I cannot see the things that would be said about him. None of that would be surprising. And like you said in the first sentence, there's going to be fireworks. It's going to be a barn burner. It's just going to be, this is going to be a fun college football game. Regardless of Debbie, I'm excited. I just hope it lives up to the hype that we have for the game as opposed to the USC Fresno State game that I thought was going to be in a similar game game type. Yeah, I hope it's not Kentucky Florida all over again. Ooh, that'd be ugly. Wouldn't need a cup of coffee at halftime to stay up for that. Yeah, probably turn it off and watch something else. But that'll do it for our Debbie episode this week. You can find us on Twitter at DFT Podcast, at Gump7285, at D underscore Cook93, and that is K-O-C-H. You can find us on Instagram now at DFT Pod. Please leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Hopefully you enjoy college football this weekend. See you guys next week. See you guys.